over this last year the rain has fallen uh, a lot it's more than it has um, over the last uh, 10 years and uh, there's a waterfall up the mountain a bit and that's um, been flowing three or four times already which is far more than usual and uh, when I was a younger monk I would sometimes go up, climb up the mountain to the waterfall uh, but now in my old age I'm not able to take the cold anymore so even though there's no river um, up the top of the mountain um, still the water flows and it's because when the rain falls it gets stored in the ground and then that uh, flows down through the earth and it uh, allows for these uh, waterfalls to happen and so the rain comes and it goes into the ground and that's what uh, provides us with our water here as well and it uh, flows all the way to uh, the village as well and the villagers have mentioned that um, since the monastery has been established the uh, water that they have in the stream is uh, much better it's, um, the quality is better because of all the trees uh, that have grown up in the monastery we're fortunate that the soil is very hard and so it keeps water very well and so just like we have to find a place to store our wealth um, when we make money and so we also have the fortune of having uh, the nature here which is able to store the water so if we contemplate uh, nature in this way it's able to teach us but things are going the other direction um, most of the time in the world nowadays that humans are destroying nature there's deforestation that's going on all over the world which is increasing the temperature of the world and uh, in Australia recently it's been very hot and um, and the sun is very strong over there so there's over a hundred thousand people who get skin cancer there's many many people and when I was over in um, Australia I noticed this that the, the sun was very strong and there was one person I went to talk to who was wearing a a large hat um, to protect him from the sun it's very common over there so many people get cancer because of the strength of the sun we're fortunate here in Thailand that the sun isn't too strong um, that we have quite a good environment and situation there's not many natural disasters um, that happen and perhaps there are floods that occur every now and then but in each place it may be 10 years um, between the flooding so it shows that this is a country that has a lot of merit and a lot of uh, good fortune and has been accumulated from the goodness the good actions of the people here and things are very um, complete and full so just as when it rains that turns um, the land fresh and green and when people look at this 
uh, landscape, then the hearts in turn uh, grow fresh. And so to our hearts, they experience this um, freshness. They become uplifted through the goodness that we create, through the generosity, through our sacrifice. And this is all a means of creating merit, which give rise to this inner refreshment. And so sometimes people have a lot of wealth, a lot of money, um, but they don't have much knowledge. And so they don't use that wealth in a good way. They don't share it out very much. And so even though they have a lot externally, their hearts feel very dry. They may be very stressed. Or for other people, they may have a very high rank or position in their jobs or in society. But this means oftentimes that they don't have much time, so they don't get enough rest. So their bodies and their hearts feel very exhausted, and sickness may arise. They don't have the time to feed themselves well, to do much exercise. So we do need this for our bodies. They need good food. They need um, to be moved about, to be exercised. And likewise, with our hearts, we do need to train them as well. So the chanting that we do, this brings up an inner refreshment of the heart. And when we gain samadhi, this can help us greatly. The joy arises in our hearts through that. And as we develop this collectedness and firmness of mind, it makes our hearts very bright. It's even more so when we gain vipassana or insight. This really um, brightens up, it turns up the light in our hearts. We also need to teach ourselves a sense of what's just enough, what's just right. We need to understand this, to have a sense of contentment here in the present moment with the things that we have. And this brings up a lot of happiness for us. So there's one doctor who was um, taking care of two patients. And both of these patients had been in an accident. And both of them were crippled due to the accident. And they were the same age in the same situation. But one was suffering a lot um, because there was this aversion to their disability. They didn't want to be confined uh, to a wheelchair like they were. But the other person was very happy and grateful, and grateful because they were still alive. They didn't die in the accident. They had their body, and they could use this to create more goodness and merit in their lives. So really, the happiness or the suffering that we experience depends on our minds and on the views that we have. And if we have right view, this will lead us to happiness. Some people, when they see others offering food to monks in the morning, they feel very happy. They look at this and they give their anamodana. But for others, they look at people offering food on alms round and they feel very aggravated inside. And they think, well, why do people have to do this? Why do they go to the monastery? Why do people take the precepts like this? 
and they don't have much faith in their hearts. And their hearts become um, very upset um, due to these things. So that's possible you know, for some people to see other people um, create goodness and for them to suffer because of that. This then makes them very stressed and they can even develop physical illnesses because of it. But if we have a heart that rejoices in the goodness of others, then it will bring us ease internally. So at the time of uh, the Buddha, there was one man who would announce when the Lunar Observance Day came about, he would go around announcing this to people and um, suggesting for other people to make merit on this day. And then they would. And many people would um, sometimes forget that it was the one part, the Lunar Observance Day. Uh, but on hearing this, they would go and um, give charity and take up the precepts, and they would receive merit. So this was a very intelligent act of his to um, announce to others uh, that it was the Lunar Observance Day. So for those people who are intelligent, then we'll use the opportunity um, to create merit. Um, and it often shows that um, if people were born at the time of the Buddha, that they had this merit. But there were also those who were very unfortunate, who didn't have all that much merit, who were born at the time of the Buddha. There were those who argued with the Buddha, who uh, were very angry with him. So even though they did have some degree of goodness um, that allowed them to meet the Buddha, they didn't use that well. So now we um, have a similar situation in a way that um, there can be this person who comes around and announces to us that it's the Lunar Observance Day. Uh, but rather than them doing it in person, um, now people do it over line or WhatsApp. So there are many devas around these days who are reminding us um, that it's the Lunar Observance Day, reminding us to uh, make merit. So for those people who have meritorious hearts, um, they use that uh, and they act out of that um, through these apps that we have these days, through WhatsApp or Line. And so they can create merit through this means. But it's also the same the other way around. And for those people who have quite a lot of unwholesome states in their minds, that that flows out through this um, new technology as well. So some people, they can um, be quite intelligent in the way that they make merit. That even though they may not have a lot of money, um, still they just give a little bit every day. Maybe they go to the monastery and just give five baht or ten baht and uh, give this um, an offering to the, uh, for the use of water or electricity in the monastery. But mostly they do it um, consistently like this to bring up happiness and joy in their hearts every day. The opposite is also true that sometimes people have a lot of wealth, but they hold on to all of it, and that can create quite a lot of difficulty, become a burden on them. And so we need to know a sense of just what's right, 
Um, the when we have wealth, when we gain it, then we keep some. And uh, we also know to share some of it out as well. But we shouldn't also spend too much either. So we don't keep it all, but we also don't spend the whole lot. Because there are some people who um, they may gain 5 million, 10 million, 20 million baht, but just over the course of a weekend, they can spend the whole lot. And they think to themselves that if they go out and enjoy themselves like this, then they'll feel very at ease, but it brings them difficulty later on. So I give my Anamodana to everyone who has come on this day, that even though it's raining, you still come out to offer food. And uh, I try to keep up this practice, and even though it rains, and to still go on arms round. And before, I went to the monastery of Lumpur Kamdi, and even though he was 61 years old, he would still go on arms round in the rain. He'd take an umbrella with him and walk out on arms round. And Lumpur Chah would practice like this as well. It would have to be raining very, very hard um, for him to not go on arms round. So we took care of the practices and the duties of a monk in this way. And so the Buddha taught us like this, for the monks that no matter how much we gain, we shouldn't throw away or forget this practice of arms round. We shouldn't forget the practice of staying at the foot of a tree or for using a rag robe. And for myself, um, I took up this last practice um, because I saw the great benefits that it had. When I was uh, five years as a monk, um, I got a cloth that had been wrapped around a corpse. And the smell of the pus that was, um, had stained that cloth um, still stayed on it for two years. And I would hang that robe, this lower robe, um, that I made from that piece of cloth in front of my kuti. And then when I walked back to my kuti, um, I would see the robe hanging there, and it would immediately remind me of the fact of death, that um, this recollection of death would come up very easily. And some people ask, well, did I enjoy wearing that? Well, I didn't. But it was a practice, one of these ascetic practices that the Buddha had laid down. And I figured that if the Buddha taught it, then it must have benefit. And so it's something that I would do. And there's also um, this practice of or one of the medicines that the Buddha recommended was that of using, of taking medicinal fruits that have been pickled in cow's urine. And uh, it really smells very, very bad. And there's one time that I had it, um, one of the small medicinal fruits, what they call uh, samar in Thai. And uh, it had been pickled in cow's urine, and the smell um, still stuck to my tongue 15 days afterwards. It was so pungent. But it's a medicine that the Buddha recommended. So we should try to practice and following the teachings of the Buddha. And because the Buddha taught it, it will give us great benefits. Just like when we 
or the um, establishment of this monastery of Wat Mapchan that came about through the practice of alms round. That when I was staying close by to the village, the Mapchan village, uh, when I was wandering, I went on alms round, and one of the lay people that I met, they took me to this land. There was uh, a night prior to that, that a woman, uh, she had a dream. She saw two monks uh, wandering. And then she also saw Lumpur Man as well. And he came uh, knocking on her door. And Lumpur Man gave her two amulets. But this woman, she'd never actually seen Lumpur Man before, so she didn't know who this monk was. So the next day she went to uh, Tanpo Fern's monastery, uh, who was a disciple of Lumpur Man. And uh, so she went there and she saw uh, Lumpur Man's picture in the hall. And she asked who that monk was, and she was told it was Lumpur Man. And the next morning, uh, we... I went out on arms round and I happened to meet this uh, woman's son. And so uh, she, he told her mother about this and they took me here to this land. So really the establishment of this, money came, this monastery came about through uh, this practice of arms round. And it's very similar to what happened in England, uh, the first branch monastery of uh, Lumpuchas that was established overseas. And it's the monks there were going an arms round in London. And they met a layman who eventually ended up offering them the land on uh, Chidhurst, in the forest there. And so it is possible for monks to go out on arms round in other countries. Initially there was worry about whether this would be feasible or not that probably people would think they were just beggars, and maybe the police would uh, chase them away. Uh, but Lumpur Cha said for them not to worry about it, that we're following the Buddha, so there's no need to have any anxiety. So when Lumpur Cha went over to England the first time, he went on arms round, and a policeman actually came up um, to ask them what they were doing, and he was able to explain that they weren't begging, that they were just following a practice that the Buddha has taught. And eventually they came to accept this. And so now it's quite normal overseas for monks to go on arms round. It's possible. And um, what Lumpur Cha did in England was the first example of this. There was also another time when Lumpur Cha was invited to a meal at the palace by the former king of Thailand. And he took his arms bowl with him. And there was another monk who was invited to this meal as well. And he walked up to Lumpur and said, well, Why are you bring your arms bowl with you? Aren't you shy of the king? And so Lumpur asked this monk back, well, Why don't you have your arms bowl? Aren't you shy of the Buddha? So Lumpur he really taught this to um, look after these practices of and the duties that the monks have to really take care of this path of practice. So I give my anamodhana to everyone who's come to the monastery to 
uh, create goodness on this day.